Did you call bank? I call bank. So, this is episode one of... Calling Bank. Very excited to be on Blitz. Yep. For your listening pleasure. All your NBA needs right here. Yeah. Satisfied, hopefully. <laughs> probably explain a bit about who we are. So I'm, I'm Harry, and uh, I'm a Lakers fan, unfortunately, and... I'm Will, and I'm a big Trailblazers fan. Which is good news. Good news for you. Yes, it is good uh, news. Maybe conference finals. Potentially. Maybe. Um, Calling Back is a show all about basketball. We speak about what's happening in the NBA, give a couple of predictions, and have some just, just great segments. Yeah. Great fun. Great fun. Uh, why do we call ourselves Calling Back? We call ourselves Calling Back after the great... Paul the Truth Pierce. Um, back in 2015, uh, Paul Pierce, in a playoff series against the Toronto Raptors, which we'll talk about a little bit later, when he was playing for Washington, this is in between that little retirement <laughs> show that he had, um, hits a game-winning shot. And the end, the reporter goes to him and said, what did you call at the end of the game? And he said... I called, they thought I called bank, I called game. Yeah, so. and uh, sealed the game with a win. So that's why we're called what we're called. Um, now we start off every week with our game of the week. And because we do this fortnightly, there's a lot of games to cover. And especially leading up to the playoffs, which of course started on Sunday, uh, which is Saturday American time, but Sunday mm. our time. Uh, there's a lot of games. A lot of games. Uh, 82 games to cover. <laughs> 82. Um, in every two-week period, there yeah. are uh, numerous games. There's a lot. And maybe I'll start with the game that was earlier on in the week, but still a big game, and it was essentially the, the game of the King versus the Prince. Mm. It was LeBron James versus Ben Simmons, the Cavs versus 76ers, and it was essentially going to determine who would get that nice, easy road, hopefully against Boston, all the way to the conference, semi, conference finals, rather, conference finals. Um, and who would have to have a harder route against... Probably Toronto. Mm. Now, this was a big game for the 76ers. They were out without Embiid, right? They were on their 13th straight win, looking for a franchise record, 14 wins. And it was, it was a big game. Yeah. It was a big game in terms of the fact that Philly scored 76, 78 points sorry, in the first half, had a 30-point lead against the Cavs. This is a team, right, that's pretty much just rookies and sophomores and J.J. Redick that had a 30-point lead against LeBron James, Kevin Love and co. I think what you're dismissing here is the Bellinelli and Iliasova <laughs> factor of the that's, 76ers. Bellinelli did play very well. I think he was like 7 of 15. He shot amazingly, but still... It was just... It's the rookies, sophomores, and min veteran contracts. Yeah, and what's crazy, Ben Simmons in the game, 27 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists, again, another triple-double. But halftime, it was 78, right, so I think like 49, something like that. Then we get to the second half, and I'm like, I'm watching this game, I'm like, you know what, this is, this is absolute filth. You know, like, <laughs> when, when Fultz is making three-pointers, you know it's a terrible game. Sarek, meanwhile, is shooting one for nine and just playing terribly. Oh, so good. this is without Sarek playing well and without Embiid. Wow. Second half, LeBron James decides, you know what, I'm actually the best player in the entire game, and hits 44 points, 11 assists, and 11 rebounds for the game. Wow. They come back from a 30-point deficit... To be within two points. <laughs> two points! Now, <laughs> the 76ers definitely played a lot better. They were 35 assists, which is huge compared to 24 by the Cavs. Mm. They were shooting at 50%, you know, 30, 30, 35% from three-pointers. They were playing really well. But the game could have been an overtime game. I heard this. Yeah. Now, now, this is the part that we're talking about LeBron and the one area of his game that I think he isn't the best in the world. This is the one part of his game that is his downfall. 
Which is? Free throws. So, <laughs> Robert Covington does the stupidest thing you could ever do. And when LeBron James tries to take the shot, like he did against the Wizards, where he's like a turnaround three-pointer, pretty much outside of the court. But that's in. <laughs> so yeah, it's probably going to be in. He fouls him. And I'm watching this, I'm thinking, oh, Covington, what are you doing? Covington, I reckon, he's thinking at home, he's like, you know what? I know how to make sure LeBron doesn't get this in. Exactly. Make him shoot three free throws. And surprise, surprise, LeBron hit one of them. So he went, of course, for the sneaky try and tap it back in on the third free throw. Missed. They lose the game by two points. But LeBron James, who's a 73% free throw shooter, which is... <laughs> Pretty bad when you look at, you know, the all-time greats in, in Steph Curry and, you know, Steve Nash, who are above 90. Mm. Cavs could have won this game. Mm. Philly, After being 30 down. Philly squandered a lead. I was so sure. I was watching. I was like, holy shit. Cavs, Cavs are going to win it. Cavs are going to win it. And then, thank the Lord, LeBron James can't hit free throws. But it was a great game. And you know what? I think this matchup, that's going to be the conference Finals for the East. Wow. Uh, you that's heard it big, here first. That's a big call. You heard it here first. That's what I we're, reckon. We're full of big calls. That's one of them. Mate, we try our best. What's your try game best. of the week? So my game of the week, you know, you've gone on the East side. I'm going West side here. Um, and I'm. we called this game, or the NBA called this game, the win or go home game. Because it, effectively, it was. it was that. It was the uh, Nuggets versus the Timberwolves. This was the second time in the two-week period that they'd played, they'd played as well. So they literally played each other a week earlier. The Denver Nuggets had won that game. Yeah, in um, an overtime thriller where Jokic literally gets the offensive rebound and just goes, all right, I'm going to win the game because Carl anthony Towns is fouled out. Exactly right. So um, basically the playoffs came early to the Western Conference this year because the winner of this game would get the coveted eighth seed and get to play the... get the chance, <laughs> get swept by the Rockets. Oh, lucky. And the losers just go home early. They go home a week earlier. Um, this game was actually the only the third time since the NBA's current 16-team format began in 1984 that two teams on the last day of the regular season in the same conference have this ability to qualify for the playoffs and the loser goes Wow, that I didn't realise it was so infrequent. It's, to be honest, like, the way that the schedule works, the chances of this... Yeah, <laughs> so, so small. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was great that we actually got to get this um, get this contest and to be honest the, the sides coming into the game it was really close like in the last three games that these sides had played in this season the Timberwolves had won two of those three by only a margin of 11 points um, and the Nuggets as we just said had won the previous game in Demo by only a four, by only four points a week earlier yeah it was, um, it was close they're pretty evenly matched teams when even, you look at it evenly matched I mean Denver had won six straight coming into this game. Like, yeah. I had completely written them off. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they go and win six straight. Will Barton was having none of that. Him no. and Jokic were like, okay. We can make playoffs. We can, we can do this. We, we want playoffs. Um, and Minnesota, I mean, they kind of beat the cannon fodder and the Lakers and, and the Grizzlies, but <laughs> hey, they had won their Lakers previous two games. Great team. Lakers are a great team. They beat um, Clippers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, I forgot that. In fairness, Minnesota only had a chance because of Jimmy Butler. What was it, his third game back? Third game back. Um, and, and that's where they had won those two games. He decides to play and they start winning again. And yeah, that's surprisingly. the way it goes. Um, so what do I say about the game itself? I think, honestly, Minnesota controlled the game for most of the... Especially in the first half and even getting into the fourth quarter. I was, um, I was watching it. They were controlling, but the margin the whole time, Denver were never not in it. Not in it. They yeah. were always in it. Exactly right. So what we got, they, they were up as, by as many as maybe 10 in the second quarter, the Wolves. But in the last quarter... Teague decides to shoot a three. He doesn't shoot threes very often, but when he does, yeah, got swished one in, it. Swished it. So with four minutes to go, the Wolves had a 99 to 91 lead, and you thought to yourself, 
that's it. Nuggets yeah, I, are out, game Wolves over. Are in. <laughs> um, but the Nuggets, this six-game winning streak should have taught me something. They just don't die. Yeah, um, but the reason why they don't die is because of one man. Nikola Jokic. No, Jamal Murray in and this Jamal situation. Back to back threes to not it all up. Yeah, so then all of a sudden we got ourselves in a 101-101 game <laughs> with less than five seconds to go and the Nuggets have the ball. And you're thinking to yourself, here we go, Jokic with the ball, he's going to win it, Nuggets are in. Going to be take two of what happened a week earlier. Exactly right. But all of a sudden, the man <laughs> himself, Mr. Taj Gibson. You now, know, the, the, what, 20-time All-Star? 20-time all All-Star. All-NBA first team, uh, defensive player of the year, never. Um... Look, when I think the Timberwolves first signed him at the start of the year, and they're paying him $14 million, I think most people wow. were like, wow, wow, why did we get him? Mate, I had him in fantasy, and I dropped him because he was that bad. <laughs> and I, I had some terrible players. But, yeah, Taj Gibson, that defence in the last five seconds of that fourth quarter, and even in the overtime, which I've kind of spoiled what happened, but was fantastic. Forced Jokic into a badly missed layup, and then basically stripped the ball from him, got the ball back for the Wolves, and allowed Jamal Crawford to miss the halfway shot. So it sent it to overtime. But effectively in overtime, we saw the same story. What mm. you had is the Nuggets went ahead by one point. Again, Jamal Murray hits a three. Yeah. And you think maybe again, well, here we go. But Taj Gibson's defense against Jokic, he airballs a three, he misses another layup, and the Wolves' defense in the end, surprisingly, because they know. are not a great defensive team, Well, that's they win. That's what uh, you know, Thibodeau always says, like... Tom's like, listen, my main key is defense. And for some reason, we haven't seen it at all. But when you've got a player like Jimmy Butler, you expect defense to be half decent. But then you've also got Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns who can't defend to save their lives. So we kind of, uh, it kind of evened itself out. But that's why you get Taj Gibson. <laughs> that's why you're paying $40 million. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Right. So in the end, the Wolves win 112-106. They get the chance to play the, the Rockets. Get swept. Denver miss out the playoffs for... Fourth year in a row? Yeah, and this is, this is after they get Paul Millsap, who is an all-star. To be fair, he was injured for it, yeah. three months this year. Yeah. And I think they put themselves in... I mean, to miss out in the playoffs going 46 and 36, you're unlucky. Yeah, it's a especially when you look conference. at the Eastern Conference. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but the Wolves, I mean, that's a 14-year playoff drought that they broke by making the playoffs. With a team of Jimmy Butler, Carl anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins... Hell, even, Taj Gibson. even Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson, it's a decent, it's a decent starting team. five. And I think the reason that they got into this position when they had to win on the final day was that Butler injury. Oh, the 100%. Butler injury doesn't happen, they're comfortably out, out for two months. They dropped very far down. They dropped very far down. They, um, I think they were eight and nine in that period he was out, and that's not good enough in the Western Conference. I mean, that might be good enough for the East, <laughs> but it ain't good enough for the West. Yeah, I mean, you definitely beat the Wizards with those type of numbers. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I think really for me the key stats in this game Denver won the rebounding battle mm-hmm. um, but really turnovers cost them um, in the end they turned over the ball 15 times coming to 8 for the Wolves and, and led for 24 points for the Wolves the two superstar centres are the two, go-to guys um, always. offensively always for both teams Jokic got his numbers 35 points 10 rebounds 3 assists this is the guy that this year recorded the fastest triple-double ever in like 14 he's, minutes he's ridiculous. He's, ridiculous. he's a joke he's an absolute um, joke Towns as well, 26 points, 14 rebounds, 2 assists. That was his 68th double-double this year, the most in the NBA. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But overall, I think the Wolves, 
I'm not going to really talk about their playoff chances against the Rockets. Um, <laughs> I think BPI says uh, 1%. They've got a chance. Uh, yeah. and, and as we said, their starting five is decent. But ultimately for them in this game, which is, again, surprisingly, playing defense in those clutch moments, headlined by Taj Gibson himself, <laughs> um, led to the win. And, yeah. and they're going to need all of that when you come against the Rockets. But well done, to the, well done to the Timberwolves. Now, well... After our game of the week, we always go to some important topics. And yep. a couple of weeks ago, me and you, we predicted... Well, you predicted the seeds, where all the playoff teams would finish, and I predicted the lottery. So maybe let's go through and see how close we were with the predictions. So, so just, to, just to remind you guys, I did clearly say that if you want any money from any of those predictions, I'd like a cup. And if you didn't, <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Um, so how did we? How did I go with um, with the East? I'll start with the East. Well, Toronto and Boston as my one and two. I think that was a it was that a was hard always, pick, but I got there. You're not getting any odds for that on sports bet. No, you're not. <laughs> there was no chance. Um, what I did predict, I did think Cleveland would get the third seed and mm. Philly the fourth. Mate, I was backing Philly the whole time. You backed Philly. Look, I think my reasoning at the time was they can't play without Embiid. And what they did is that they got that thought and they shoved it right in my face by winning 16 games in a row. Yeah, they did. Um, and especially one against the Cavs. The rest were easy. The Cavs win was the one that sealed that third seed. 100%. I thought the Cavs would win that game. I'm surprised that they didn't. But well done to Philadelphia. You got yep. that third seed and you've got a pretty good run into the... They've the got finals. a great run. They're literally playing... What are they playing? The, the Heat. Heat. And then potentially Boston. And then probably the Boston or the Bucks. Didn't they beat the Bucks by like 30 points the other day? Yeah, 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, they've, Bye. so they've got a good lead up. Um, I had Indiana at fifth. Yeah, that was right. They, and they got there. Um, my six to eighth spots. I was very optimistic for the Wizards. I said Wizards at sixth. With John Wall back, you'd think so. John Wall was coming back. I said Heat at seven and the Bucks at eight. What we got was the Heat at six, the Bucks at seven, and the Wizards at eight. Why did I get that wrong? Well, the Wizards. I thought you would go and win five of your last six. And what you did is you dropped five of your last six. <laughs> you end up losing them. You end up losing to the Hawks. You end up losing yeah. to the Bulls. And you end up losing to the Magic. And these are all teams that are trying to lose. Like, they're actively trying to lose. Jeez, Bulls didn't even play Laurie Markkinen for at least three of their last I five know. games. I know. So... Wizards, you kind of ended up in a position where even on the final day, if you beat the Magic, you're playing the beaten up Celtics you just beat the other day and you couldn't do it. You disappoint me, Wizards. You really do. But I'll talk about you a bit later. But relatively, you know, speaking, I got three, you three did, out of eight You there. did well. Wasn't I think a pass you did well. Mark, but we, we kind of got there. Close enough. Um, in the West... Where was I correct? I did say Nuggets and Clippers to miss out, even though the Nuggets did Only try their just. best. <laughs> did, Only try make, just. did try and make their best to make it. So what did I say the first three would be? Houston, Golden State, and the Trailblazers. Which was all going to be correct because they had a bu enough buffer room that no one was ever going to catch them. The Blazers tried their best to prove me wrong. I mean, Blazers, yeah. you don't lose to the Mavs and the Grizzlies yeah, wow. when they're trying to tank and lead it to having to beat the Jazz, who the night before beat the Warriors by 40. Yes. But you did it. So, well done to you, Blazers. Um, OKC ended up coming in fourth. Um, I had the Spurs there. So, OKC, the only reason they got there, really, on my predictions, was they actually beat the Rockets and a full-strength Rockets yeah, in Houston. Yeah, it was, it was an impressive game. I was watching that game, actually, and it was surprising, to say the least. I thought, for sure, Rockets would just sweep up. But OKC played really well. 
I mean, their big three went 70 points out of the 108, 19, 19 rebounds, 17 assists. Mello and George, when they start hitting those threes, they're hard to beat. Well, I think the issue was in that game, Mello realised that he's actually a former All-Star and then started actually playing like a real NBA player <laughs> instead of how he's been playing the rest of the season. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. Don't worry. Okay. Um, I think also... I mean, Houston had that one seed wrapped up for such a long time. And I can understand the complacency coming into their game slightly in these last couple of games. But Paul and Harden, man, if they play like that in the playoffs, they're going to struggle. They went 13 of 31 in that game and mm. combined 5 from 16 from 3. And uh, I don't know if you've seen Chris Paul or James Harden in the playoffs before, but they are uh, normally... <laughs> choke, I think you'll find. Ah, do they now? Well, we'll find out this year. They've got a chance to rewrite that. Uh, yeah, well, let's that hope. I'm, I'm rooting for them. Um, Utah at 5th, I picked, which was correct. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. Correct, yeah. But, I mean, great effort from that team. To be so down, I think there were eight games out from 500 when Gobert came back. But since he came back, they're the number one in the league in net rating since Jan 19. Yeah, wow. They've done very well. So yeah, then then we're getting into my yeah. six, six, seven, seven eight. eight. And this, this was, was always the hard one. This was by far the hardest for the East and for the West. I think most of the rest were pretty... Oh, no. Nah, for, the, for the West, it was pretty much anywhere from third to eighth was who knows. Who knows, yeah. So in the end, it was in the final day of the season that kind of ended up choosing the seedings for yeah. me. Um, it was New Orleans, Spurs and Wolves um, who got the 6th, 7th and 8th seeds. I had, I think I had obviously um, the Spurs coming in 4th before. They dropped all the way down to 7. Yeah. Um, and mainly the reason for that was New Orleans. New Orleans went 5-1 and one in their last 6 games. Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo. Holy cow. They're doing well. They beat the Warriors. And they beat the Spurs in that last game away by 24 points. Yeah, so the last game was impressive. Beating the Warriors any time in the past two months, not impressive. Exactly right. <laughs> when they have a proper team, maybe we'll chat again. When Steph Curry comes back, there's oh, a let's, story. Let's hope. Um, and then, obviously, the Wolves, they had dropped down all the way to eighth. I had them actually coming in the sixth seed. They dropped down mainly because Jimmy Butler was out. 100%. And they went eight and nine without him. Yeah, look, I, I thought that they wouldn't make the playoffs purely because Jimmy Butler wasn't there. Mm. But turns out they... Well, they had to win the last three games, and they did. They did. Now, heading to the lottery. So, I predicted that Phoenix would come first, as they did. They won more games than I had expected. How much is that? Two? I think they won two instead of yeah. one. Yeah, um, there we go. But still, the, the change-up was actually with Atlanta and Memphis. So, uh, Atlanta actually beat the Wizards and the Celtics... Right? Which was something that I wouldn't have predicted. Like, beating the Wizards... Okay, Wizards haven't been playing that well. But the Celtics, who were actually trying in that game, they just didn't care. They were like, look, we got the second seed locked up. And that's the problem. It's done. Memphis uh, only won one game versus Detroit, which is... I mean, they, they put up like 130 points in that game. And I was just like, I don't understand where they suddenly understood how to shoot from. Marshawn Brooks. <laughs> it MVP. was. Marshawn MVP. Brooks is the man off the bench. Um... Then it was the Mavericks in Orlando, which I picked in that order. Um, and then the change-up happened with the Kings, Chicago, and Brooklyn. So the Kings actually ended up coming, um, I think it's sixth instead of fifth. Mm. And that was because they beat the Rockets. Yeah. Uh, but I actually should have predicted that game. It was the last game of the season. That's the right. starting five <laughs> for the Houston Rockets was like Gerald Green, PJ Tucker... Suffice to say, Eric Gordon wasn't playing. Mm. None of the starting five was playing. And you had people, RJ Hunter, who I've never seen play for the Rockets ever, 
was a starter. <laughs> so the fact that I didn't pick that was poor for me. Mm. Very poor. Um, Chicago actually won the same amount of games that I thought. Uh, the real good finish to the season was Brooklyn, who, if you're trying to tank, which they had no reason to because they, they don't no even have their to. pick. I think Cleveland owns it. Cleveland owns it. Um, they finished 4-7. and seven. They beat their Bucks and the Heat, who were bo- both vying for like better Crazy. playoff spots. Um, so Brooklyn actually finished quite well. So it ended up being... Um, number one was the Suns. Number two was Memphis. Three was the Hawks. Five was... Uh, oh, sorry, four was Dallas. Can't count anymore. That's okay. um, Orlando was five. Chicago was six. Sacramento was seven. And the lovely... Brooklyn Nets were eight. So it was, you know what, I was, I was closer than you were, but I had a much easier time to do it because <laughs> they were all trying to lose. It was a lot easier. Now, the playoffs have started. They started on Sunday. It's going to be a big playoff because I honestly don't know who's going to win. It wasn't like last year where I'm like, okay, Golden State are going to sweep. Cavs will get there. Cavs will get there. Golden State beat Cavs. I just don't know. So what we're going to talk about this week before we get to our favourite segment is... The West and the East. What is the most interesting playoff matchup? Mm. Who who are we looking to see? Um, you're going to deal with the West for once. Yeah. I dealt with the West before, and now you're going to go West, and I'm going to go East. Mate, I never get to go West, I, and I love the West because it's where my lovely Lakers, uh, who finished what thirty five and forty seven, yeah. which is pretty good, uh, more, more than expected. Now the matchup that I'm interested in. No one cares about Houston Timberwolves. Everyone knows that's going to be about. Spurs and Golden State. That's a phenomenal matchup. No Kawhi, no Curry. Yeah. It's a contest. It's a very good contest. It's... I don't know who's going to win that. Utah... Um, sorry, not Utah. Portland and... Pelicans. Pelicans. Not an interesting contest. Portland will win. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I would hope so too. But really for me, and I think this is affirmed in pretty much anywhere on the internet, the team... The matchup that I don't know who's going to win, and I don't think anyone does, is OKC and Utah. Yeah, great matchup. OKC on paper should win. Yep. Utah, holy cow. <laughs> From January, when Gobert comes back, they decided that they're going to be a playoff team. They've got one of the best records since January, yep. uh, probably only behind Houston Rockets, that they are playing that well, that they've gotten from mid-obscurity. They were 21 to, and 29 or something fifth. like that. Yeah, they finished so well. So now, yeah. Well, I was going to say, they could even come third. They beat they, Portland. They, could have. They, they got third. They've got a home playoff. And this is without Gordon Haywood, mind you. This is without Gordon Haywood. <laughs> so now both teams finished in defensive top ten. They had identical records. They have, you know, Gobert, who's essentially uh, defensive player of the year. And the West Beast, that averaged another triple-double for the season. So they've got To the- be fair, the OKC Thunder in the last three games literally gave him rebounds. Yeah, I know. Like, My friend, you need some rebounds. <laughs> yeah. Take Just 18. Take 18. <laughs> take another 16. Why not? Um, now, the issue that we have is OKC is inconsistent. The entire season we've been watching them and, you know, they've fluctuated from near the bottom of the ladder all the way up to near the top and no one knows how they're going to play. At any given night, even though they have three Hall of Famers, uh, Steven Adams, who's an absolute beast, and for some reason Corey Brewer understands how to play again. Yeah, he's, he's your favourite player. He's a piece of... Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're, they're playing against a team that relies on a rookie that's their leading scorer and pretty much sole scorer. Ricky Rubio, who can't shoot half the time, right? And not to mention uh, a deeper bench, but really a team that doesn't have a superstar. Yeah. Besides Gobert. Besides Gobert. But even then, Gobert is not, not your... Not an all-star. Not an all-star. Not your stereotypical superstar. Hmm. So the question is, who wins this? Who wins this series? Now, 
Westbrook's playing great. He's not shooting that well, but he's still averaging a triple-double. Stephen Adams is playing great. Their bench is playing terribly. The real issue and the way that OKC wins this matchup, Melo, Paul George, obviously. Melo has the worst shooting percentage of his career, not just of the past couple of years. I'm talking Denver, New York, and... He's getting old. Now, he is, this is. And this is the problem. And he just, he just can't shoot. Not to mention some of his lowest scoring totals and some of his worst stats in all categories. I'm pretty sure it was his lowest scoring season. The problem for him is if he can't contribute offensively, he's not really going to contribute defensively. <laughs> so yeah. you really need him to shoot well. He's not a defender. Whereas Paul George can defend, cool. which Paul is George great. And he's playing pretty much the same numbers as he was last year. But keep in mind, last year was a year that he got back from... A massive injury. A broken leg. A broken leg. And he really should have been improving than that. But this is not the same Paul George that we've seen in Indiana that menaced LeBron James in the playoffs. Mm. Like, this is a Paul George who is scraping to get by. Yeah, he's shooting okay, but he's not the all-star that's controlling the team. And I still don't think that the big three have it sorted out in OKC. Now, Utah. Yep. They've got Defensive Player of the Year. They've got... You're calling that early. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's who else over. is there? It's done. Uh, one of the best rookies, maybe even shared Rookie of the Year <laughs> with Ben Simmons in Donovan Mitchell, but you saw Donovan Mitchell play against Portland. If he doesn't shoot, he does nothing. Yeah. He was like zero from eight in the first half, playing like absolute filth. If he doesn't shoot, they can't get in a game. No. There is no way they have anyone to back up unless Joe Ingles goes crazy. Offensively, they're limited Bob Mitchell. Yeah. So this is just relying on Rubio shooting well, them feeding Ingles and Ingles <laughs> shooting and scoring the three, which he has. Which he has. Best, uh, one of the best three-point three point shooters in the NBA, which yeah, is one of the amazing. Best. Um, but yeah, you are relying on a rookie to, to carry you offensively. Yeah, and look, as I said, on paper, the starting five of OKC, they should win this. They should, streep, uh, they should sweep the series, rather. The issue is the bench. Mm. Utah is around in the middle in all the categories of their bench. OKC is either last, second last, or third last in pretty much every bench category. Their bench is terrible, which is surprising when they have Patrick Patterson, Raymond Felton, and a couple of other people that have been playing not badly compared to Utah, which still, I mean, their bench isn't amazing with Dante Exum being one of the best. I like Rose O'Neal. Rose O'Neal is okay, but really, the fact that Utah have a deep bench means that in a playoff series, they can hack it. My prediction... Here we go. OKC wins in seven, but that's only if Russ plays 35 to 40 minutes and they pretty much play uh, seven or eight-person rotation with heavy minutes for the starters. I'm talking starters playing at least 30 minutes, probably closer to 35, and Utah not playing their their starters as much. I'm, I respect that prediction. Yeah. My version of events is I think actually Utah win. Yeah, in seven I, or six? I think I'm calling in six. I think Utah win in six, and I think the main thing you've picked out is perfect. I think the bench kills OKC. Yeah. Um, watching Utah play even against the Trailblazers, Mitchell, I think, will go ham at least one or two games. Yeah. I think Gobert in the middle is just an incredible defensive But against presence. Stephen Adams, this is the thing as well. Stephen Adams matches up quite well with him. I just think the fundamentals of that team just overwhelm OKC I think Melo is not going to have a great series no. and I think George and Russell I just don't see them well I, I see Russ getting more hungry for the ball which means that essentially he'll play like he did last year where they you know put on a bit of a show with the Rockets I think it was 4-2 it was, uh, I think it was I think it was 5 
They win five. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. either way, it's, either way, they got they got. He'll game. he'll play well. I think Paul George will try, and this is where they'll butt heads. Because like, keep in mind, in in the playoffs, this is Paul George at his best. This is Russ at his best. Put them together. These are two people that need the ball in their hand. I still reckon they're going to win it in seven, but we'll have to have to wait. We'll and have see. to wait and see. But this just shows you how close that matchup will yeah, be. Yeah, I just well, let's agree to disagree. I just but don't let's, know. let's let's see. Okay, um, who do you have in the East? Who are we watching? Look, in the East, you've got some great matchups, and you've got some matchups that I'm like, <laughs> I don't really want to watch this. No. <laughs> uh, to be honest. So, I mean, the 76ers and Heat, I think, will be an interesting series. I think the way the 76ers have been playing, I think they win. Yeah, I don't um, think that's a great series, to be I, honest. No, I think it's a, a, a maybe six game if Philly five stuffs six, up. But Philly should win that. Yeah, in five, probably. Cleveland and Indiana. I mean, Indiana have done very well to be where they are. Who knows? They, I mean, they might surprise. They've been surprising all season, but like Victor Oladipo versus LeBron James. It's LeBron just doesn't lose first rounds. No. I, he just doesn't. With the home court advantage, I just don't see that. No. So what did that left me with? That left me with either Toronto <laughs> and the Wizards, or that left me with the Celtics and Bucks. Surely you chose Celtics and Bucks, I which certainly is the do. most coveted <laughs> of all the matchups. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm sorry, Bucks fans, but I did not go with your team. Instead, I went with Toronto Raptors and Washington Wizards. Yeah. And why I did that? This will probably be one of the hotly contested 1v8 matchups we have seen in recent memory. Yeah, I agree um, with that. And that's because Wizards, as much as they have lost five of the last six games and decide to drop games against the Magic when they can get the seventh seed versus a depleted Celtics, they're still a decent team. This is a team that has come in the top four, top five in the last couple of years. Here are some key stats why I think this is a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Number one, John Wall missed all four regular season games. And you think to yourself, he's missing all four regular season games. They're the number one team in the East. Yeah. And it was two all. Okay. Okay. Number two, in the three regular season games that John Wall decided to play against the Raptors <laughs> the previous year. Grace us with his presence. Grace us with his presence, with a good knee. He averaged <laughs> 25 points, 10 assists, and six rebounds. That's yeah, close wow. to a triple double. Yeah. Then... The last stat that we always have to note, the Raptors don't like the playoffs. Regular (laughs) season, the playoffs aren't the same thing, Raptors fans. Unfortunately, the Raptors are currently on a nine-game losing streak in game ones of all playoffs. Yeah, I heard this stat, and I didn't believe it, and then I realised Raptors, they're just not that good in the playoffs. They're just not that good in the playoffs. I mean, if you look at the league ranking, you kind of think to yourself, this should be a a no-show. I mean, Wizards have got a 16th, come 16th in the league in net rating, so they're below average. Their league average and defensive rating, just a little bit above yeah, in the offensive rating. So they're really just an average league team. Yeah. The only thing they're good at is three-point shooting. Oh, good. They come fourth in the league in percentage. But maybe without Jody Meeks, maybe not as good, because he, he did just get banned for a league of 25 games. <laughs> 25 <laughs> games. Sorry, and there's Jody. your former Laker. There there's we go. <laughs> Whilst the Raptors, their third best net yeah. rating in the league, fifth best defensive rating, and third best defensive rating. Not I mean, to mention they probably have coach of the year, Dwayne Casey. But, uh, you know, it, they're a good team so at the on, end of the day. on just league ranking, you're saying to yourself, well, Raptors should win this in four. You've got a team that's one of the best in the league versus an average league team. But why? I think this will be very close. Compare the stats. Both teams have two all-star guards. You've got John Wall versus Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan versus Bradley Bill. It's a great matchup. Great matchup. It is a great, great matchup. Um, so all-star backcourts and a good supporting cast. You've got Otto Porter Jr., uh, Markeith Morris, and Marcin Gortat versus OJ Anubi, um, Serge Ibaka, and Jonas Valanciunas. I think this game, actually, it, it relies a lot on Serge Ibaka to play how he used to play. If he plays well, then you've got essentially three all-stars 
on the Toronto team. Mm. But let's be honest, Serge Ibaka hasn't played well for a couple of years. And the thing is, Otto Porter Jr. is a good player as well. Mm, like, one true. of the best three-point shooters in the league, can defend as well. Yeah. He's a good player. So those two cancel themselves out, and you're really looking at starting fives aren't too different. Yeah. Honestly. But the difference in the sides and where probably you get this net rating is the bench. And it's funny because you look at the Raptors bench and you're like, I have never heard of these guys. Fred Van Vliet. Who's been ja- playing like crazy, crazy this season. Jacob Potul, DeLon Wright, Pascal Siakam. Nah, and Siakam's good. Siakam. And CJ Miles. Those five are actually the best start, the best <laughs> five-man lineup hey, in didn't... the entire NBA. I didn't pick that. You know what? I'm genuinely surprised. I'm genuinely shocked as well. They outscore opponents by 30 points, 32 points per 100 possessions. Wow. Almost five points better than the next best five-man lineup in the entire NBA. Can you believe that? No, I can't. But this is very similar to Utah versus OKC in the sense that the benches are going to be the difference here. So that's exactly what I think. If Washington can stop that bench lineup or Dwayne Casey shortens the rotations and doesn't trust that five-man bench... How can you not trust them? They're first in the NBA. I don't know. It's you playoffs. Know. You yeah, never know. You true. want to play your starters a bit more. I don't know what he does. But let's say he d- doesn't trust them. They don't play that five-man lineup. Wizards can really match up well against them. Yeah, that's true. And they true. can cause them a lot of problems. Um, I think, honestly, this goes to game seven. And I was flip of the coin for me to who wins this. Because recent history suggests in the playoffs, Raptors don't do really well. I mean, they did make the conference finals last year, but... I mean, against the Wizards, they don't fare too well. 2015-16 series, Wizards swept them. Yeah, true. Let's not forget that. I think this goes to a Game 7, but then I remembered Game 7 is in Toronto, and then I remember the Toronto fans are quite good, and I honestly think that Toronto win in 7. But the fact that this is a 1v8 that goes to 7 shows you how tight this is. I think, it for me, it depends on a healthy John Wall. If he plays like John Wall that we know... I reckon wrapped, uh, I reckon it's Wizards in seven. Wow. Yeah. I think I think it could even even on a Toronto home court. I feel like they're probably gonna win game one in in Toronto. So who knows from there? Starting off one nil is pretty pretty, pretty good, good to start. It, it it's gonna be great. So now, yeah. Let's so, go predictions. Very quick predictions, because I know we don't have much time, but we're gonna do some quick predictions and then stay tuned for our, our great segment. Now what are your predictions for the East? Okay, so Boston V Bucks, I've got Boston in six. I've got Boston, yeah, in six. Yeah. Uh, Toronto versus Wizards. I had Wizards in seven. You had Toronto Toronto in seven. seven. 76ers versus Heat. I reckon it's a five-game series. 76ers win. I agree completely. Uh, What do you think? Cavs versus Pacers. Cavs in six. Yeah, okay. I would have said Cavs in five, because I still think LeBron James in the playoffs is a a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Now the West, which is, I think, a bit harder. Rockets versus Wolves. Rockets in five. Okay, I reckon I reckon it's actually a sweep. I reckon Rockets win 4-0. Okay. Uh, Golden State Warriors versus Spurs. This is yeah. going to go to seven games with Steph Curry back for the last game. Golden State win in seven. I'd go with that as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Portland versus the Pelicans. Portland in six. Okay, I would have done Portland in probably seven, only because Pelicans are on a great winning streak at the moment. Yeah. And I just don't know how they're going to match up. Yeah. I think it's a confusing one. Yeah. Thunder versus Utah, we've already said. You said uh, Utah and six. I said, said Thunder. No, Utah and seven. Utah and seven. I said Thunder and seven. Yeah. So, Tyler. look, we're going to update you in two weeks, which means we're going to be very deep into the playoffs, probably in the second round even. I Potentially, think yeah. Maybe even a little bit further than that. So We will we'll let to, you know. We will let you know. Now, our favourite and only segment that we have every week <laughs> is LeBron James goes two. Now, we all know LeBron James is going to... 
He can exercise his player option in this free agency, which means he could be leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's been uh, posters in New York, in uh, LA, LA, in Philadelphia, in, in even Portland. Even in Portland. Everyone wants LeBron James. So we go through each week and we say, where will he go? Now this week, I chose one that he will definitely not be going to, but I was like, hey, let's, let's see if it's possible. Let's see if it's possible. And that is the Detroit Pistons. Now, the Pistons <laughs> have no cap space. Literally zero to sign a max player. Oh, they're, they're already over the cap space because they're only losing like two players. Everyone is still retained essentially for the 2018-2019 season but Anthony Tolliver who's been playing amazingly in replace for Blake Griffin mm. and Jameer Nelson. Not Jameer Nelson. I know. Tragedy. Uh, they're probably going to keep Anthony Tolliver because I think he's, he's great but you've got Reggie Jackson on 17 million. Jesus. Andre Drummond on 25 million and the big one 32 million for none other than Blake Griffin now with no no cap space there's zero chance of them getting they've got as much chance as uh, Blake Griffin having a healthy season what about a sign and trade if they had that scenario you got to you got to try to like you get rid of Griffin it's only if LeBron James says that he's leaving yeah. and I don't think there's any other reason LeBron James has a no trade clause. So it's really up to him. He's never going to assent to being sent to Detroit. Now, in a dream world where they have the money, this is the starting lineup, and I reckon it is a force to be reckoned with. Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, and maybe, you know, Luke Kennard. Oh, good. Right? They, they have a, a huge starting lineup. They've got a, a decent enough bench, bench with uh, Ish Smith and uh, Anthony Tolliver. They would be a great team. Might even keep Stan Van Gundy his job. I love Stan. I love Stan. I love Stan. But I reckon, unfortunately, not only is LeBron James not going to go there, but bye-bye Stan. He's probably not keeping his job either. Yeah. So LeBron James will not be going to the Detroit Pistons. Um, thanks so much for joining us this week with Calling Bank. We'll be back next fortnight with an update on the playoffs and maybe even uh, the next the, the awards of the season. Yes. We uh, ran out of time to go through those today because we had so much to cover. But next time, you will hear our awards. You will. Thanks, guys.